Hello, and welcome to the Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer, or Mid-East Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, James Dorsey. Societal struggles and reform often take unexpected turns in vast swaths of land stretching from the Middle East into Central Asia. Take education, for example. The Taliban have yet to fulfill their promise to allow girls to return to school. But primary and secondary Afghan textbooks appear to be a relative bright spot amid all the doom and gloom about the group's rule. It's a bright spot that highlights the deep societal impact of decades of ultra-conservative Saudi influence in Pakistan at a time that an Israeli-based NGO is reporting significant progress in the way the kingdom's textbooks describe non-Muslims and discuss violence in the name of Islam. Paris Hoodboy, a nuclear scientist and Pakistani human rights activist, concluded from a recent survey of Urdu-language Afghan textbooks that they were light years ahead of what Pakistani schools offer. Mr. Hoodboy argued that the Taliban were unlikely to change the textbooks in use anytime soon. Afghanistan's brain drain includes many teachers, writers, and editors, and the Taliban don't have the wherewithal to produce a new generation of textbooks. The group, moreover, is unlikely to have fundamental problems with the books that sugarcoat its brutal rule before the 2001 U.S. invasion. The science books for classes 1 to 12 that cover mathematics, physics, chemistry, biology, and computer science surveyed by Mr. Hoodboy were, in his words, clear and pleasing with systematically organized graphs and colored illustrations. He noted that Pakistani textbooks are very different. For years, my colleagues and I have begged our education authorities to drastically revise locally published textbooks. All are faulty in content, poor in pedagogy, and badly presented. Already back in 2015, Mr. Hoodboy called for revised textbooks in Pakistan. Please keep our students away from the rotten science textbooks published by the Sindh Textbook Board, or STB, an entity operating under the Sindh Ministry of Education. Else yet another generation will end up woefully ignorant of the subjects they study, physics, mathematics, chemistry, and biology. Tragically, they will see these magnificent human achievements as pointless, boring, and dry as dust, he wrote in an op-ed titled, Burn These Books, Please. Abdul Hamid Nayar, a physicist and education consultant, analyzing the Pakistan government's troubled effort to introduce a single national curriculum came to a similar conclusion. Textbooks provided by the state are of abysmal quality, both in content as well as in presentation. Pakistani textbook boards have repeatedly proved unable to provide good quality learning material, Mr. Nayar said. Messrs. Hoodboy and Nayar's assertions are backed up by a decade of independent annual status of education report surveys that lament quality of learning in public, private, urban, and rural secular and religious schools. In contrast to Pakistani books, 
Afghan textbooks teach different schools of Muslim religious law separately. They also keep religion out of secular subjects. The religious textbooks are comprehensive. Special books for use in madrasas cover usual topics in math, science, English, and world history, but they are simpler and less detailed than those for ordinary schools, Mr. Hoodboy said. In Pakistani textbooks, particularly those developed as part of the government's flagging effort to create a single national curriculum, Mr. Hoodboy argued that religious topics permeate books teaching Urdu, English, and general knowledge. Quite senselessly, madrasas and ordinary schools are yoked together. While all students should know how the modern world works, 99% of madrasa students will never use math or science professionally. So why use the same books and force students to take the same exams? This means the government is shooting for a lowest common denominator, lower than even the existing one. In a similar vein, Mr. Nayar charged that the policymakers behind the single curriculum believe, contrary to all available evidence, that a greater dose of religious education will produce more honest and useful citizens of Pakistan. Pakistani Prime Minister Imran Khan affirmed Monsieur Hoodboy's and Nayar's criticism when he earlier this year announced education reforms that would Islamicize syllabi across the board from primary schools to universities. Critics charged that religion would account for up to 30% of the syllabus. Referring to the religious content, content in the first four years of primary school, Mr. Nayar noted that when compared against Islamiyat taught in madrasas at this level, it turns out that public and private schools will be teaching more religion than even the madrasas. Defending the Islamization, Muhammad Bashir Khan, a member of parliament for Mr. Khan's ruling party, insisted that Pakistan is an ideological Islamic state and we need religious education. I feel that even now our syllabus is not completely Islamicized and we need to do more Islamization of the syllabus, teaching more religious content for the moral and ideological training of our citizens. Prime Minister Khan this week reinforced his vision by promising religious scholars to involve them alongside educational institutions in the creation of a character-building society. Mr. Khan coupled that with a pledge to ensure that no laws would be adopted as long as he was in office, including ones intended to counter domestic violence and forced conversions to Islam that are in direct conflict with the teachings of Islam. Mr. Khan's Pakistan is in good company. Turkey, increasingly a Pakistani ally, was once a model of secularism with an education system that taught evolution, cultural openness, and tolerance towards minorities that included Kurdish as a minority language. Turkish curricula, however, have increasingly replaced those concepts with notions of jihad, martyrdom in battle, and a neo-Ottoman and pan-Turkist ethno-religious worldview, according to an analysis of 28 textbooks. In South and Central Asia, the irony is that it is Pakistani rather than Afghan textbooks that appear more likely to promote the notion of an Islamic state, if only because of the poor quality of textbooks for secular subjects 
and the problems with religious instruction in the world's second most populous Muslim-majority state. This is not to say that a deeper dive into Afghan texts would produce multiple problematic concepts that promote Muslim supremacism. The conclusion from this is that the international community would likely do well to pay as much attention to Pakistan and its education system as it does to Afghanistan, given that the two countries are intertwined at multiple levels. Another irony is that Saudi Arabia's most recent textbooks could point Pakistan in the right direction. Current Pakistani textbooks are products of a world in which Saudi ultra-conservatism, empowered by Saudi funding, make deep inroads into an already deeply conservative Pakistani society. That is, however, changing. Saudi text schoolbooks are no longer what they were several years ago. In a just-published study, Impact SE, a Ramadan-based research group that has been analyzing Saudi textbooks since 2003, reported that as a result of reforms, 28 lessons featuring demonization of the other and religious intolerance were recently removed or heavily modified in Saudi textbooks. An entire textbook unit on jihad was scrapped. While problematic material remains in Saudi textbooks, these represent profound changes in these categories. That is the kind of overhaul that is long overdue in Pakistan, and no doubt would also be beneficial in Afghanistan. If textbooks are indicators, Afghanistan may prove to be only one of South and Central Asia's problem states. Long perceived as problematic, Pakistan could be the other. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. A written version of this podcast is on my blog, The Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer at mideastsoccer.blogspot.com. Please join me for my next podcast in the coming days. All the best and take care.